Hey guys, it's Tori, the founder of The Mighty Dames, and I am back with another Roll Call interview. This time, we have a special, special guest, a good friend of mine, Miss Shama Co. Hey, Shama. Hey, Tori. Thanks oh, for having me. <laughs> yo, thanks for like agreeing to this. I don't know if you know about this, but I tell other people about this all the time, why I love you so much. It was a few years ago when we were like first starting out the Mighty Dames. I think I met you maybe once or twice, but just in passing. And you sent me a message and it was like, hey, I don't, um, I didn't know what you were trying to do with the Dames yet, but I, um, at the time, but I know now, and I think it's awesome. Keep like, keep it up. I love what you're doing. And as like a new blue belt, getting like the head of Girls and Geese telling me that like my women's organization like, oh my, giving me like a thumbs up. I was like smiling and on the cloud nine, like a week after that. Aww. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I've always, always on Team Shama. Aww. No, you know, like when I first started out, there weren't that many women, maybe like I would say under five that really were taking an initiative to kind of bring representation to women um and when I saw Mighty Dames pop up I was like yes that yeah. is perfect that is awesome that is definitely an underrepresented uh, demographic in the jiu-jitsu uh world so yeah. I thought it was really awesome that you were bringing that representation and that support for women in the heavyweight divisions <laughs> well that's good too because like um I think too often um whenever you know women's groups come up or you know, different organizations pop up. Um, I don't want to say it's, it's a woman thing, but we do kind of do the competition game sometimes. And we forget to like, you know, by uplifting another organization, we're all kind of uplifting everyone. So like, that's why I was so thankful. Not that I had a lot of roadblocks, but I definitely got a couple of like sideways look. It's to have like a, an organization as big as Girls and Geese and you, who you didn't have to, say anything about that and just for you to say that it was one of those things like okay maybe what i am doing does have a purpose if someone else who's building a program can kind of see it as well so like that's my little moment why i love Shama. <laughs> but i think i met you the first time we did a girls and geese in florida down in miami i think it was jacksonville well, yeah, that was, was one of our first Jackson. Miami's when you came and you were already training to be an ambassador. No, no, no. We've been we've been to Miami. When we went to was it Melissa? Um, oh my gosh, I remember. <laughs> I I am not. We're, I'm gonna like insert somewhere a picture of me at the very first <laughs> girls and geese because I was still a white belt when I went to my first one. We did so. the very. I think we did the very first one in Jacksonville. We've done two in Jacksonville. Uh, we've only done one in Miami. We did one in Orlando, one or two in Orlando. Was it like Coral Springs maybe? Yeah, we did Coral Springs. Yeah, it was like on the way to Miami. So okay, almost, uh, okay. I'm that was the first one. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> Look, I'm in Central Florida. Once you get past like Kissimmee, it's all Miami to me. So like <laughs> Coral Springs, Miami, I don't know the difference. Okay, but that's the first one. Uh, well, we kind of jumped a little far ahead, but like, Let's give everyone your stats because, you know, we don't get a lot about, about Shama besides <laughs> Shama, the girls and geese. What's your official title? A program director. So all right, I so. oversee all of the girls and geese programs. Okay. So give us your stats, like um, your belt, how long you've been training. I know you're kind of like a nomad, but like, where did you like get your, tra your primarily like the large majority of your training from? Give us your little intro. So I, I started actually, uh, I've been around jujitsu since about 1996 and oh, wow. I, I was in high school and I had some guys who were older who discovered jujitsu and they used to train at House and Gracie in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And I remember hanging out with my girlfriends and we drop them off at jujitsu and be like, bye, bye guys. See you later. That's your thing. Not interested. Um, but I was always kind of a tomboy. Mm -hmm. And I would like to play fight with my friends, especially the guys. And so they'd come back from jujitsu class and be like, oh, you got to try this. You got to try that. You should come. You should come. And I was mm -hmm. like, mm, nah, yeah. you know, so it wasn't until actually 2003 
that uh, one of the guys convinced his girlfriend to try jujitsu. She got all into it and started a women's class. And she, her and I became really good friends. And um, she was, she told me, hey, Shama, I'm starting this women's class. I really need some support. I need some bodies. Come try it out. Just be there. You know, you like it, you like it, you don't, you don't. Mm -hmm. And so that was my introduction to official introduction to actually being on the mats and participating in jujitsu. So I stayed with the Helsing Gracie team for about eight years or so. And sure. then um, everything kind of changed. And so then I transitioned to Gracie and Mike, the team. Uh, so I've been training in total 17 years now and i'm still a brown belt which hey that's how it goes sometimes hey. that's where your journey goes there you go um, but there was a time where i was really into competition you mm -hmm. know uh, right after i got my purple belt in 2007 that was when i really started focusing on what i wanted to do in jujitsu uh i i'd been competing since a blue belt mm -hmm. going into jujitsu competition was not even on my radar uh, it was something that I had no interest in. I was there to get in shape and learn mm -hmm. how to protect myself. And that was it. So my blue belt came around. I was like, well, all right, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. So and then I was hooked. Get you. <laughs> because I am very, I, I have a competitive streak mm -hmm. naturally within, um, which motivates me. Mm -hmm. and, and so it was a great outlet for me to be able to push myself, build that discipline. And mind you, I lost, I lost a lot. <laughs> and, but you still uh, love to compete. I still loved it because okay. I was horrible at it. And someday I was going to be good at it. Someday yeah. I was going to win. <laughs> That's a good mentality to have. Yeah. I, I, I'm a big believer in if you don't fail and fall, then that doesn't keep me going, you mm -hmm. know? Like I need to fail in order to have something to overcome and mm -hmm. keep moving forward. Cause if it's too easy, I'm like, lose right, interest. I'm yeah. over it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I like a good challenge. So I think if I had continued to win and win and win, maybe I would have gotten bored with it mm -hmm. sooner. Um, but I definitely learned a lot by my losses. I actually had a nemesis. So back in those days, I had a nemesis back in the day. Like, nope. sure. <laughs> no, it was a friendly nemesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, back in the day, there weren't a lot of women competing. So, you know, especially once you got your purple belt in Texas, it was like a death witch, which, mm -hmm. you know, like there were no other competitions. There was only one other woman that competed, Sue Osmond. She was 10 years older than me. Mm -hmm. And she wiped the floor with me. Like she destroyed me. She was solid muscle. She still is to this day, you know. <laughs> and so she was my nemesis, not mm -hmm. really. But I, she intimidated me. She scared me, you know. And she was the only woman in Texas that was a purple belt that was mm -hmm. competing. So every tournament, I always faced her if I went and competed. And I remember it's probably like my 20th loss against her or something. And I just lost it. I started crying after I was mm. like, oh my God, I'm never going to get better. I'm horrible. You know, I just, you know, just throwing yourself a pity party. Right. Yeah. And she saw it and she came over to me and she's like, Shama, you know what? Every time I see your name on the uh, registration, I get scared. You know, I get worried. And she's like, you intimidate me. And I'm like, I intimidate you. you tears <laughs> and it was such a beautiful moment because after that we became, you know, we became friends and mm -hmm. it was like, Hey Sue, are you doing this tournament? Okay, cool. I'll sign up, you know? Yeah. And so that was kind of a turning point for me that I was taught that competition was this really scary thing, mm -hmm. you know, and like it was us against them mm -hmm. and so it gave me a whole new perspective it's like oh we can be friends and we can have yeah. fun with this <laughs> and you know so yeah I, I'm kind of glad you said that like how you were intimidated by her and she was intimidated by you I get that sometimes too we're like you know like after the competition's over and like say you meddled or whatever and you're kind of even if you don't meddle people kind of always kind of float with their group to the bullpen or to the podium area just to kind of chit chat and I would talk to girls who are like, yeah, 
we saw you were kind of nervous with words like yeah I saw your match before and I was worried too <laughs> so it's like you never know like what what energy you're putting off or what other people are looking at when they see you like I all when I see I get like really intimidated by like the middleweights because like they're they're athletic but they're flexible and they're fast so there's like that middle ground of like ah crap here we go again with these (laughs) these these strong bendy girl let's let (laughs) all right open weight let's see it but um yeah it's weird how you just never know how people are going to perceive you oh yeah and 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 it was like like say it was it wasn't until maybe about six months into my purple belt that i i went and i really started taking the competition seriously you know, before I was taking it seriously, but um, this is when I like, I was training three times, uh, you know, three times a day, lifting weights, cycling, oh, wow. you know, I didn't have a car at the time. So I rode my bike everywhere Ooh. and uh, I went out and I won the pants, you know, and that was like my second IBJJF tournament. Um and then later that year, I went on to play second in the world. And that was a big turning point for me because it was mm-hmm. like, oh, I am athletic. Oh, mm-hmm. I can win. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. You know, and so then I made it my life for, for a long time. And that was always my focus. Um, mm-hmm. And then I had an injury. I tore my meniscus and separated my ACL and I didn't have insurance. So it took me out for like, I kept training and training like an idiot, um, making it worse, making it worse, making it worse, but I had an insurance. So I couldn't yeah. go get an MRI. I couldn't yeah. get it. This was before Obamacare mm-hmm. um, got rid of the pre-existing condition stuff. Okay. And so when I got, when I had my knee injury, it was really hard because it was like competing was, and being an athlete was my life, you know? So how and did then, you make how did you make that transition from like Shama the athlete? What, what followed Shama the athlete that Shama you stayed in jujitsu? Girls and geese. Well, it, it was that right around the same time that you shifted into girls and geese. It was slow. Like there was bit a little later. bit of an overlap. Um, mm-hmm. Looking back, had I continued to focus on myself as Shama the competitor, there's no way I could have done what I've done with girls. And mm-hmm. geese, you know, I shifted all the energy that I was putting into myself as a competitor and shifted it into the potential of what the organization could do. You know, when I came yeah. in, it was still a very informal, just group of us ladies coming together. We'd pile in a car, drive off to a girls and geese, train for, you know, a couple hours, have lunch and then drive back, you know, and we just caravan all over Texas trying to. But it did start in Texas. That's what I was asking. started in Houston, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. I started in Houston, Ashley Freeman, Nguyen, she started it. Um, and uh, so, yeah. And once I saw what, again, you know, I came from a team where there wasn't any other jujitsu when I started. There was like, I think there was two academies in Austin, which now there's like hundreds, <laughs> you yeah. know. But back then it was that old school mentality of, we are the best. We are, you know, it's gotcha. just us and it's us against the rest of the world kind of uh, old school attitude. So I didn't understand how we could be friends across academies. I didn't understand mm-hmm. the importance of it or see any kind of reason that I should go outside of my academy mm-hmm. because we were the best, you know? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so when I got involved in Girls and Geese, it was like, oh, okay, this is this is something that I didn't have that I was missing. And this, it opened up my eyes to the potential of what mm-hmm. jujitsu could be and what I wanted to make my journey about. And I wanted to make my journey about coming together, uplifting each other, you know, building that solidarity, having that support from other women mm-hmm. and overcoming the barriers that divided us because yeah. I understood what those barriers, how those barriers divided us because I was stuck within one. Yeah you know okay so you think that like so not saying that a knee injury is a blessing in disguise because knee injuries are trash but it was kind of a good it was it, it happened at the right time so you could focus your energy over to girls and geese absolutely it was the best thing it was one of the best things that ever happened to me because 
I'm not going to be a bee mosquito. I'm not going to be a Leticia Rivero. I would have, tr- I would have died trying to be, but you know, this, this was my calling. This mm-hmm. was my purpose. This, I think of every crappy job that I've had throughout my years of mm-hmm. being employed since I was like 14 years old mm-hmm. and it made sense. All of those skills that I learned from all of those different jobs, all of my experiences, all of the things that I was taught as a kid, it all fit into place within what I built with Girls and Youth. That's awesome. When like it yeah. comes to like a culmination of everything you've done, it's like, oh, it was for this. Exactly. Gotcha. gotcha. Exactly. Okay. So you got involved in Girls and Geese and eventually like it's spread throughout this country. So like, what was that like when you, you had that moment? like, I think it could be more than Texas. <laughs> so Seth Daniels, I used to compete at fight to win back when fight to win had like plastic metals. And <laughs> <laughs> like, it's got a little fancier now. It's got a little fancier. There might yeah. be lights and smoke and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. No, but you know, we all start somewhere, Yeah, you know, yeah. and Seth had a big dream and, and I'm super proud of, of what they've built, you know, oh, I think. And I'm I, what they did in Miami this, you know, recently with the women's tournament. Yeah. Good showcasing all the talent. Yeah. Was amazing. But, you know, so I used to compete in his tournament and I don't remember this, but I apparently I was a pain in the ass and would complain <laughs> about things to him. Not how I remember things, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was me, but <laughs> anyways. So, so we kind of built up a friendship and I started doing, I'm a photographer also. So mm-hmm. I was doing photography and he was super cool and just letting me like, you know, photograph his tournaments and build up my clientele. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so anyways, so when I started doing Girls and Keys, he, he would again, give me crap and say, Shama, like, you need to bring Girls and Keys to Colorado. And I'm like, Colorado? there's no jujitsu in Colorado like you know this is Colorado (laughs) Um, and so I had no idea and this was back I think this was back in 2011 or 12 somewhere in there and uh, he's like no you need to bring girls and geese to Colorado and I was like I don't have any money to do that like I'm barely making ends meet running my photography business Mm -hmm. and he's like come up, stay with me. I'll pay you to take photos at the tournament the day before, you know, and we can do the girls and geese the next day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, sold. You know, <laughs> I'm not losing anything here. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. And you get to find out where Colorado is. So <laughs> yeah, coming from Hawaii, not so good at geography. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Listen, coming from Florida, not that good at geography. You're fine. <laughs> Thanks, but, uh, education system. <laughs> thank you public schools (laughs) no but um so anyway so we get up there and it was a beautiful day the day of his tournament sunny like cool crisp and then come the next day it's a blizzard (laughs) and I'm like I come from Hawaii we don't have snow is this bad is this a lot of snow like are people gonna still show up and he's like yeah 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 it's fine don't worry you know and so we had a hundred people registered for this event. Oh, for the first one out of Texas? For the very first Colorado wow. event. Wow. And so I'm like, well, <laughs> I can't really afford to come back. I just got to do it. I'm here. And he's telling me, no, nah, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know? And so we get there and the 30 women and girls show up. And so That's I was awesome. like, all right, let's do this, you know? And uh, it's funny though, later on, he's like, he said he was white knuckling it there driving. He's like, oh my God, we're going to die. <laughs> but he can't like show that to you. Because like, <laughs> if he's showing it, like you'd be freaking out. Like, cause you know, <laughs> exactly. I've never seen snow before. So like, if I was driving and like, there's a thinnest layer, I was like, oh, so we're staying inside today. The day is over. We're shut down. Cause like, clearly we cannot drive in this. Oh. Yeah, I was like a little kid after the event. I came back and I was doing snow angels in the front <laughs> lawn of his house. I got so like I got so into it that I like gave myself altitude sickness, which I didn't oh, know what that no. was. <laughs> it's high up. 
it's very high up you yeah know? but uh but yeah so so that was kind of what the first time we came back and we did a makeup event and then we got like 100 women to come out mm-hmm. for that one but um but that was like the awakening of you know what it's possible yeah this can go anywhere and so slowly but surely you know we started popping up new events and I'm very methodical. I like to put a lot of energy into what I do and to do it right. Mm-hmm. So it took us some time to get things going because we worked to kind of handpick teams and develop mm-hmm. relationships with the academies and the mm-hmm. upper belt women. And so now we have 16 chapters throughout the U.S. So hey, yeah. and if you guys don't know this girl here, Girls and Geese Ambassador, also in Florida. So yeah. you'll see this face if you, <laughs> when we have another one over here. So, um, okay, so, you know, you're trucking along, you're adding places, boom, boom, boom. You know, everything's growing, growing, growing. COVID hits, everything <laughs> shut down. After everything shut down, because if people follow the page, they see you've actually been very more active than ever on social media. So what was the goal like COVID shut down you couldn't do any more classes what were you thinking it was hard it was like a part of me got ripped out you know because this girls and gays I see is like an extension of myself somebody told me recently it's like you took it's like you took your DNA and injected it into this mm-hmm. you know and it's true you know girls and geese. I don't have any kids girls and geese is my baby you mm-hmm. know and so when COVID hit, it went from, yeah, things are going, everything's going great to crickets, yeah. you know? And so that was really, really rough um, for a long time, but immediately it was, we have to maintain some kind of presence. Mm-hmm. We have to keep going. This is an opportunity for us to evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started brainstorming, okay, what are some things that we can do? So we've launched different panel discussions talking about anything related to women in jujitsu, social issues and how it relates to jujitsu's, uh, jujitsu. Jujitsu. Uh, there's, <laughs> apparently there's multiple anyway. So, nah. um, you know, and just kind of really trying to push the envelope a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, talking about things that maybe we don't talk about, giving I- advice. I was actually going to ask you about that too, because there's definitely been, again, if people know me, they know I'm all for it. There's definitely been like a slight tonal shift into Girls and Geese where it seems a lot more, like you said, it's a little bit more willing to broach on topics that maybe before you hadn't. Was that a conscious decision or it just kind of floated that way? I just kind of float that way. Um, you know, I, I think 2020 kind of pushed us all to a point where we had to talk about things because it was in our face, mm-hmm. you know, um, I've always kind of tried, you know, we're, we're unaffiliated, right? Yeah. Our organization, that's what we pride ourselves on is we're not affiliated to one thing or another, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whether it be in academies, whether it be, you know, our stances on whatnot. Um, when George Floyd, you know, that horrible incident happened, I had a lot of people coming to me and saying, hey, what, are, what is Girls and Geese official stance? Mm-hmm. And that was the very first time in doing this for 10 years that I was ever asked that question. Really? We've had some shit happen in the last 10 years. <laughs> and that was the first. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the, the global nature of how how much it echoed throughout like throughout the world I, I could see that but I'm surprised that nothing no one's contacted you before then I like again I th- say like I think this was front and center right mm-hmm. I mean during COVID all of us kind of got knocked off our horses to mm-hmm. where the small things that kind of occupy our worries in life were amplified yeah. and the big things got even more amplified, yeah. you know? So we didn't have a choice, but to pay attention to what was going on. And, you know, I, my roots, you know, I, I try to keep my personal political views and mm-hmm. where I stand out of girls and geese because <laughs> I don't do that with the money. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, I, do, I get what you're saying. 
Because girls and geese isn't Shama is the girl and geese. Yeah, yeah. It's all of us are the girl and geese. Absolutely. And all of us are very different. All of Mm -hmm. us have very different values. All of us have very different backgrounds. All of us have very different you know values yeah and so and it's meant i don't to touch every, you're trying to get the whole encompass of yeah so yeah that makes sense girls and geese is about breaking down those barriers mm-hmm. that normally would divide us and mm-hmm. getting us to look beyond them to see where we do relate and we can come together sure. so evolving and kind of pushing the envelope and and having these discussions isn't meant to push an agenda of girls mm-hmm. and geese but rather give an opportunity for people to express where they're coming from, to have a deeper understanding of where we can relate and find a common ground. And so that was kind of the push with what we've been doing. Have you seen Going back- backlash? Yes, uh, I've seen backlash on both sides, even though I try, again, try to create a platform mm-hmm. versus, you know, a stance officially, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, on some things we have officially taken stances, Mm -hmm. you know, on what things that I think were unavoidable that are align with what the message and the purpose of Girls and Geese. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, the idea is to just create that platform for people to speak off of, create, give people who don't have a soapbox to yell off of, give them one. Well, then I'd also say that, oh, my camera, okay, my camera took me out of focus have you so if you've gotten backlash have you got some praise for it because absolutely yeah and it's has the praise outlasted the backlash has it been like a net positive for you i try to stay positive i try to keep Mm -hmm. on the positive and i try to understand where that backlash is coming from gotcha I think that's important. I think compassion and understanding mm-hmm. are of the utmost importance when you're trying to bring together people from all different walks of life. Yeah. You know, and that's the common ground is that yeah. if we can understand where somebody else is coming from, we don't have to agree with it mm-hmm. necessarily, but if we can understand that allows us to walk together a little bit more forward, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, I always I was like I was really happy. I went there I was surprised, but I was like, "Oh, girls and gays is doing this because i've written a couple articles with you as well but um because you are such a, a bigger organization again your your country ride probably gonna be worldwide very soon damn you covid but um but like what we've seen which is why i want to give you your props for for even pushing how you had is that what we've seen especially in the jiu-jitsu community there's been a lot of organizations gyms individuals who have that platform who remain silent all of 2020 or you know playing the the card of neutrality um but you know again like i'm a believer neutrality is taking a stance when you're not speaking up for those who don't who you don't speak up for the voiceless so you took a gamble and it doesn't scary yeah it doesn't seem like to me it's like duh of course but it's still a gamble when you're thinking about it you're bringing your business you're making a stance as girls and gee you're you're or you're creating that platform as girls and gee um that it's going to isolate some people but like like i mentioned for me some of my other people i would say i'm happy you did do it because i know a lot of people felt comfort in it my younger sister she she does not like jujitsu she does not like jujitsu she does she's not she's not down with that and she's watched multiple interviews that you guys have had multiple not just the ones i'm i'm on either like she's watched multiple talks that you had because she thought they were just very interesting in the you get you you get such a great collection of voices yeah the comment yeah, absolutely you know and i mean that again going back to our original message of bringing us together mm-hmm. you know and that we all have a voice you know i I met with a marketing company about two years ago and they said, they asked me a question. They were like, what is the voice of girls and geese? And I said, the voice is everybody's voice. I don't know what our voice is because it's everybody's voice, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it really, I had a hard time, you know, finding what is our voice and you know what? Our voice is everybody's voice and it's giving everybody an opportunity to have a voice, Mm -hmm. you know? So it is risky. It is very risky when you're sticking your neck out there because you risk chopping it off, you know? Hey, I, if you've been following my Facebook, Shama, (laughs) you've seen, I've taken some, I've been, I've been going to town this last couple, last couple days. 
But um, that's something that um, I, I definitely get, especially when you're you're coming in girls and geese, you're expanding how you're expanding. It's an in-person thing. And how many people have the scope? I understand how you how you have to navigate that. When I created the Mighty Dames, it was like, okay, well, it's going to be, we're talking about like body image and all this stuff, but also I'm coming at it as a black queer person within this space too. So automatically I'm going to have some a little bit harsher feelings about things. And I think what I made very <laughs> abundantly clear last year, and even more now that maybe I didn't make it early on is that, um, what the Mighty Dames platform was that, you know, we are very much like, we're going to be pro people of color. We're going to be pro the LGBTQ community. And I think sometimes what people see is there's being pro and then there's like being vocally um, for it. It's like being like, there's being an ally and there's being a vocal ally. And I feel like girls and geese has become a, like you are an ally, but now you've become a vocal ally. And when you're that vocal ally, it just resonates so, it resonates so much harder. So good thumbs up for that. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you, it goes back to, you know, the original purpose of girls and geese was to make it more inclusive, mm -hmm. to make it more inclusive for the minority, which mm -hmm. at the time was women. You know, and that's what I, that's why when I reached out to you about Mighty Dames, it was like, yes, this mm -hmm. is a demographic that needs to feel comfortable, mm -hmm. you know, and be a part of jujitsu. So when you look at Girls and Geese promoting inclusiveness, that includes everybody that doesn't feel like they're included, yeah. you know, that fall under the same. So it's hard. Like, how can you say that we're inclusive of women, but not of trans women, mm -hmm. you know, like, where does that fall? You know? Yeah. So it's, it was kind of a no brainer in a lot of ways for me, because how can we promote inclusiveness if we're not including everyone? Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, like if, if we're saying we're, a, you're saying you are a group for all women, like you're a group for all women. Again, like for us, it's like, it's, yeah, of course. But for other people they are like, wait a minute now. We didn't read the fine print what you were really trying to say was all included in the included yeah but like we didn't it, just say all, we're inclusive of all white straight women <laughs> you know yeah so i don't know i mean if that's what you read like sorry there's again like i always say like if that's what you read there are dozens of spaces that are just like that there are dozens of people who open who have open mats and have events that you will find everyone looking like everyone same skin tone as you but yeah. like we said if we're going to want if we want to learn from different people and we want to like especially something even like jujitsu if we want to learn the full gravity or all the amazing things about jujitsu you have to learn it from people who are having to pro approach the the sport at a different angle like if i only trained with super heavies there are some things that i wouldn't learn about um, why it's important to be a little bit quicker, why it's important to be a little more flexible. If I only trained with, um, if I only trained with men, I'd be missing out on a whole aspect of how women train. If I only, if I only trained with like, I don't know if I never, it, this is gonna sound silly, but if I never trained with kids before, if I never like trained with like, you know, like 12 and under kids before, I think I'd lack a certain imagination that they have. They're like, I love training with kids. Oh, they're, they're fearless. So they're, they're fearless. They go for things I don't even think about. And there's a, there's, there's a joy to it. And there's an actual pain to it too, that like we often overthink, like we don't, we don't, we, we kind of pass as adults. There's that youthful innocence that we miss. So like, there's definitely a benefit from like making sure that you're truly like, if this sport is truly for everyone, you should really try to experience jujitsu with someone who's not so closely tied to where you are because you might experience you might see it completely different it might yeah. it might open something um so i have a question for you that someone i feel like this is something that gets dinged around every now and then i'm pretty sure you've you've been asked this in one iteration or another if we're in you know 2021 there are more women in this sport than there's ever been before we continuously grow. You got girls and geese vents here, there. There's other people doing open mats here and there. There's groups coming up here and here. Why do we still need girls and geese? Like, why is it still a thing? 
what like is it if, if we were trying to break down the barriers like have we done that enough already I don't think so <laughs> <laughs> I mean we, we we've come really far yeah we've come really really far and yes you know originally the purpose of girls and geese was get more people get more females get more women and girls you know on the mats mm-hmm. get them on the mats get the numbers we get the numbers we'll get bring more representation we'll have more of an opportunity for equality when it comes to pay Mm -hmm. when it comes to opportunities um yeah we've gotten a whole lot closer than we have been but you know one of the things you know and you see these schools that have 15 20 30 women on their teams but i still think it's really 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 important for you to look beyond your school yeah, I think it's really important for you to understand that although you do have a really strong connection and solidarity within the women on your team, it's also important to meet other people that are not. Mm-hmm. It's also important to build those friendships outside of your schools, Yeah, you know, um, and we've evolved, you know, mm-hmm. we've evolved beyond what we've started as mm-hmm. in some way. We've remained true to where we started, but we've also evolved in a lot of different ways, you know, providing scholarships for mm-hmm. women and girls all over the world who maybe breaking a new barrier doing can't. Yeah. Helping break that financial barrier because jujitsu is expensive. Yes, it's become a rich person's game. Mm-hmm. When I first started, we were jujitsu bums. We, <laughs> <laughs> like, we were, you know, like we worked just enough to pay for jujitsu and the basic necessities. And somewhere along the line, it became a very privileged sport, mm-hmm. you know, because there was an opportunity for people to make money, which is yeah. great yeah. because nobody was making money for so mm-hmm. long. Everybody was just training because they loved it and it was fun. And that's what they wanted to do with their life was to run an academy to teach. Mm -hmm. Um, But as time has gone by and more people have come into it, it has provided more opportunities for men and women alike. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think the trick to staying relevant is to evolve. Yeah. The trick to still continue to give back is to find ways that we can and find ways to fill the needs that are there. And that's something that I love doing. You know, I, I get bored when I'm stagnant. COVID Mm -hmm. has been hard because I've been sitting here on my hands going, (sighs) what are we going to do? Yeah. Some ideas, you know, but it's also been great because it's allowed me to use my creativity, which Mm -hmm. is something that I love to do Mm -hmm. to do interviews, to feature, black belts to provide people with mm-hmm. opportunities to have access to black belts that maybe they don't and ask questions through our ask a black belt segment mm-hmm. to have panel discussions and get people on that really have an interesting perspective that mm-hmm. can you know bring awareness or get people thinking mm-hmm. you know um through our next generation interview series yes. where we feature up and coming young girls that are the future of jujitsu so yeah you know, it, it's, it's been stagnant, but it's also been a way to really kind of change and evolve and see where do we fit into this changing yeah. world of jujitsu. Well, I always tell people when I talk about girls and geese, like, oh, that's the place who do the open mats. Like, it's so much more than just an open mat. It, like, again, like, again, I think that I won't say, again, I won't say COVID's been a blessing in the sky because God knows, no. But I do think with COVID, with like the forced quarantining, it made people reevaluate their, reevaluate everything really, but also forced people to tap into other reserves that they had. If events were going on like normal, you probably wouldn't have time to do a Ask a Black Belt to feature up and coming people or to again, have these panel discussions about very important topics and get high quality people to talk on them. So like, I hope that continues once we get, um, you know, in the, in the, please say near future where, you know, we can actually do more things like that's definitely, I mean, if any of you guys haven't seen any of them, please go to the girls in geese page and check them out. They're on YouTube. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. You can catch them 
like that, um, podcast. Um, they all do pretty good, like numbers wise, like you get good views on those. They're, they're, people are like, it shows people are watching, people are interested in it. And especially like now people like, people want content, like yeah. uh, anything. And so you're filling the content, but you're also helping to like give voices to people who um, might have a lot to say, but you know, they might only have a hundred followers. Yeah, no, and, and that's the point is, you know, when I took Girls and Geese from its small grassroots beginning and, you know, kind of grew it into what it was, it wasn't a platform for me to stand on top of mm-hmm. and be like, Shama's great, Shama's yeah, wonderful, yeah, yeah. listen to me, oh, I'm blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no, it was, it was an opportunity for me to create a platform for all of us, mm-hmm. for all of us to have a voice that maybe gets overshadowed or, or mm-hmm. doesn't have the platform mm-hmm. or maybe is intimidated to have a voice, mm-hmm. but it gives them that confidence, you know, and, and that's what it is. You know, even our ambassador program, it's a leadership mm-hmm. program. Yeah. You know, we take people, take a women who may have never thought of themselves as leaders mm-hmm. and train them how to become them or take yep. women who have strong leadership uh, abilities already and give them the platform to use to, to shout off of, Yeah, you know, and like, like yourself and Sharika and Charlene, you know, mm-hmm. you guys, as, as part of the organizations have evolved in mm-hmm. refining your abilities as hosts mm-hmm. of these different segments and that we have, you know, on our platforms. Mm-hmm. So, and you know what else it's forced you to get into your voice more and come out of your shell because like <laughs> at the end of the day, someone's got to host most of these and that's going to be <laughs> Shama. So it's kind of, you've been more visible than ever before. Yeah. Like I can I, scroll down. It's like, oh, that shot. Oh, she has another video. Let's see what Shama's doing today. But like, it's kind of, it, it's weird because you can be isolated yet grow your base so much and like be overexposed at the same time. Yeah. No, but, I, I like, I prefer to be the wizard behind the curtain making everything yeah. happen. That's kind of my place. I don't like being, I mean, I like being front and center. I have a sense of showmanship. I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie. I've had it since I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. But I also like, I love uplifting other people. Yeah. I love, like, I love watching other people shine. Mm-hmm. That makes me happy. It makes yeah. me so happy beyond words, you know? Yeah. To- that's honestly, that's a, that's at the core. Like, I joke and be like, I've, I'm a very vocal person. And I feel like when you're a vocal to my level, it's, hard not to connect to Tori O'Neill, Tori the Grappler and Tori the founder of the Mighty Dames are. They kind of all blend together. Even though I definitely, y'all think I'm joking. I am so tamped down on the Mighty Dames compared to everything else. Like, you don't even understand. (laughs) But um, I do like when I I did the Mighty Dames, um, I was very, very tentative about like, I wouldn't, you know, one of the main things we do is like, you do it till we reshare pictures of people who are doing different events. I almost never shared myself. Even no matter what, if I was at a tournament, I won a tournament, I got a promotion, I would like never show myself because I never want to be accused of just creating a platform to amplify myself until someone called me out on it. They were like, I shared it on my personal page. It's like, hey, why isn't this on the dames? Like, <laughs> like you're our leader you should be on here I was like oh don't call me a leader <laughs> but you know, I had to get comfortable with that but um yeah I, I part of the reason we did this is we wanted to you know you know talk, speak for the big girls and and give them the platform that you know we can applaud their accomplishments that you know sometimes they get overlooked or you know almost like it, it gets pared down because it's instantly, you know, tied to size versus skill. Mm-hmm. And also just give people, you know, it feels good to have a group share your picture. You know, like yeah. I remember again, I'm thinking back when I was baby Tori, um, when I was still a white belt, you guys reshared a picture of me. I want to say it was like my first day I bought my gi. Belt's tied is all fucked up. It's like, it's like <laughs> this. Like I have like maybe one stripe. In my, oh, such a baby face. But I was like sitting in like our very first gym because we've moved a couple times. I'm like on my knees in front of the mirror. just like, 
and I remember getting it shared and I like screenshot it and went to my coach like hey girls and keys shared me look at your girl look at me I'm like oh look at that over 40 likes already like you know that kind of that gave me a little kick and um I've, I've seen other people kind of get that kick too when you like share their picture. No, I love that. I oh love, for me, it's like, okay, I just clicked a few buttons <laughs> and you're up, <laughs> you know? But I know that it means so much uh-huh. to so many. And, and yeah. so that's, that's why I'm like, oh, that's what keeps me going, you know, mm. knowing that I'm, that other people are getting that good feeling by me just sitting on my phone and going click, click, click. Yep. <laughs> Makes well, me happy. And that's like how you said you made that transition from like the competitor to, um, Shama program director. I kind of, I always said like, I, I like to compete, not crazy competitor. I have fun with it, but I would rather be known for the mighty dames over any medal that I could get. Like, cause at the end of the day, it's cool. Mm-hmm. But you know, not to say like anyone could be a world champion. Like it's so easy, but like in a year, how many world champions are there? Yeah. How yeah, many groups, sure. but at the same time, like how many women's groups do we have like ours that are like actually making an impact? And, you know, I think like the first time a parent wrote me about their kid, I like burst out crying because I was so happy about like, oh, my daughter, like we found, we saw you guys, um, like they saw me competing and they saw my t-shirt and they looked at my dames and they loved it and they shared it. Like first time I saw that, I was like, man, that makes me so happy because you know, I went through so much with, um, with my body image and just not liking who I was at that age. And to have like a 10 year old say like, oh my God, I love it. Or to have like a, I think, oh God, like a kid, like I had people come up and want to take a picture with me. Like for what? (laughs) Sure. But like it, it, it does make a huge impact. So like from, and the impact we make on them, you never know how it's going to progress their journey. Like you never, you like you, cause I've tried to quit the Mighty Danes like a couple of times. This is a well-known <laughs> thing. I wanted to stop working on it. I was, I was over it. They wouldn't let me quit. But like, even during one of those times, you sending me a random message helped fuel me for a couple of weeks to push and like really crank out a lot of content. So I made sure people knows and who knows like what that cranking out of content, who that connected to keep it going. So it's like a pay it forward kind of thing. Exactly. So like, and it goes on and on yes. and on and on. Now so, I was talking with a friend, you know, I come from an old school time where there were no women black belts, mm-hmm. you know, I think there was like Leticia and Lekka, like there was some, there were some, you know, and I was talking mm-hmm. to, this was a couple of years ago, I was talking to my friend about, oh, I was like, I don't want my black belt. I see that as like a huge responsibility. Yeah. I don't want my black belt. You know, it just, it's intimidating. Like, yeah, again, it, it's a huge responsibility because mm-hmm. you're, representing that mm-hmm. belt, you know? And my friend looked at me and she said, Sean, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you have more responsibility than most black belts. And I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think especially for women, I, I think this is the thing that men kind of get away with. And to a lesser extent, like now there are becoming more women black belts. I think more women who fall into, you know, the normal category they don't really have to represent anything because there's others to represent they're not the only one but i feel like when you're like when you're a minority or you're like you look a little different or you're like it's a little you know off the beaten path you feel like you do have a responsibility because it's like shit how many how many girls from hawaii are looking up to you you know how many people how many like black girls are there you know coming up and be looking at me not that it's only black girls you know there's other people too but like how many other are looking to me it's like crap do i have to hold myself to a better standard (laughs) shit i curse too much for that so like (laughs) even even as outlandish as i've been i something as simple as like i've tamped down it doesn't seem like it but i've tamped down cursing a lot because i know younger voices are watching me because i feel like at some point i have a small responsibility but at the same time, we can't, we can't carry all of that weight. Like the, no, the, it's the a, hope it's is a lot others. of pressure. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. I, I've, I've struggled with that a lot over the years mm-hmm. because my voice is not just my voice. 
Mm-hmm. And so I've had to kind of silence myself a lot, which mm-hmm. is really hard because you feel like you kind of lose yourself a little bit mm-hmm. when you can't be yourself. And I've slowly, like you said, I've slowly started coming out of my shell mm-hmm. and, and establishing my own voice, yeah. you know, um, and, and not being afraid of being myself mm-hmm. while representing girls yeah. and geese. And, and it's hard. It's, it's mm-hmm. really hard because you are carrying that weight on your back. Yep. Yep. You know, yep. and it's something I've been aware since the start when uh-huh. I, before I started getting into this, I said, do I want to do this? Mm-hmm. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a pick your battles. We're so I'm, I need to stop telling people these are only gonna be 35 minutes. They're always an hour, even with <laughs> editing. Okay. So since this has gone on forever, <laughs> no, I've had fun. This has been awesome. Yeah. So what do you guys have coming up? with girls and geese. Cause I know you're, you're, you got a full calendar. You keep crank, keep on cranking stuff out. So what's coming up? I, if I'm not busy, I'm, I'm, I'm not here anymore. <laughs> like, that's kind of how I roll. But, um, so, so we've kind of, uh, we've also migrated over to doing virtual classes for mm-hmm. people who maybe aren't comfortable with training or some academies are actually hosting these classes at their schools for their women's team. So yeah, which is really cool. So, um, but we have online virtual classes. So we have one coming up on the 13th with, I'm sorry, 14th with Elizabeth Clay. Mm -hmm. Uh, She'll be teaching uh, an hour class. uh, And then we also have one with Christina Barlone. That one is on February 27th. Okay. so you can go to girlsandgeese.com, sign up for that class. If you're interested in hosting that class at your school with your women's team, we do offer discounts. So you can contact us for that. Awesome. Um, and we are kicking back off with some live events because hey! people hey! are training, you know, so we're going to do that as safely as we possibly can and abide by all the ordinances and precautions that we can in order to make it safe and comfortable for everybody. Um, so we, we had a, an event or we have an event February 28th. That one is sold out in Houston. And so stay tuned. Ace? We got more coming your way. Are those uh, all sold- of that is at girlsandgeese.com. Is that, um, is the, the first live event, is that solely live? Will you be doing that online as well? We're working to set that one up online okay. as well. Um, stay tuned. so we stay tuned for that. We okay. should have some options for those of you that won't okay. be able to be there. Do you have a good uh, so, lineup for that one too? Don't you? Yeah, we have, uh, Lauren Murphy. She's a UFC fighter mm-hmm. and damn good have, one too. Yeah. And Amanda Lowe and she's, uh, out of the Pacific Northwest or Oregon, Portland, Oregon area. So okay. she's, she's got a solid gi and no gi game. So we'll be able to get some really good training from both of them so i am so glad and i know again this is the first one but i know there's other ones coming um and we're all excited let's let's be honest people you know she's got to stay in the south because we don't give a fuck here and everything legal um but i know people are really excited that they're, they're starting to get classes again so yay we're super excited but yeah. thank you so much shama oh, this is awesome um, we'll definitely have you back to do like a maybe like a recap of some of your other events that are going and um yeah this is dope thank you no thanks for having me thanks yeah. for listening everybody oh, oh I, I bet people are like so happy to know a little bit more about shama like this this mystery woman that only hosts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Bye. Bye. Take care.